I was thinking about giving a science lesson, but then I it was too complicated. Perhaps you have heard of the um, Schrodinger's cat, um, and it has to do, it's very complicated. I won't get into it because I only partially understand it. But Schrodinger's cat has to do with not only in science, the the thing that is happening is related to the observer who is watching it. The idea of like if a tree falls in the in the woods and nobody hears it, doesn't make a sound, that type of deal. Um, and that applies because today I'd like to talk about perspective and gratitude. It is easy for us to lose perspective. And when we have lost it, it's easy for us to forget the gratitude that we should feel every day. There's like the uh, token uh, saying that parents have always given to their kids. You know, there's children starving in parts of the world. Well, they may be starving, but I don't want to eat this. We have this idea that we know we should be grateful, but we just can't do it for some reason. If you think of any person who has ever lived in history, Caesar Augustus, Genghis Khan, your life in terms of its comfort, length, and peace is better than anyone who has ever lived. That is the flat-out truth. You don't have to worry about people poisoning your wine, so you have to have a wine taster. When you go to the potty, it's flushed away. We live in absolute comfort. There has never been a better time to live than right now. And yet, as a king in my castle, I regularly see fit to complain. And I think it's because I lose perspective. Another science experiment there was a, a man was drops a ball and it drops to the ground and it comes back and he catches it. The scientist asks his, asks his classroom, has the ball returned to its original position? And those of us looking in the room, we say, yes, it has. But if you were to zoom out from God or whoever, somebody in a space station, you would know that the earth has traveled 17 miles through space around the sun in that one second. So from our perspective, nothing's changed. But from somebody else's perspective, it's changed quite a degree. 17 miles, like from here to Northridge. <clears throat> I, went out, I drove out to the valley for high school and college. A curse upon the 405. 17 miles, that's, that's, how, that's how I normally think about it. So the, the question is, how can we use perspective to bring our lives back into focus? We often miss the goodness and beauty of the world because we focus on things that are negative. You go to Trader Joe's, bagging people's groceries. You'll have 50 people who are wonderful, kind individuals who talk to you about the weather and everything else, and then they leave. One person comes and is difficult, and that's the one person you'll remember. If you've waited tables like I have, you remember the bad ones. 
Why is it that human beings tend to focus on the one thing that is negative at the expense of all of the good things? You have a workplace where you get along with everybody, wonderful people, but one person is difficult. They have that saying, a rotten apple spoils the barrel. But we're not apples. So then why do we allow this to happen? I believe it's because we don't work hard enough at following the, vi- the advice of the Holy Spirit. We should live in a state of thankfulness and gratitude on a regular basis. But we don't because we don't practice hard enough at hearing the word of the Lord at the expense of all the extraneous, intrusive thoughts. That makes sense? For 40 years, I sat right back where my mother was sitting as my father was giving sermons. And for 40 years, I looked at every reason why I shouldn't do what he was saying to do. Pray every day. Nobody's got time for that, man. I've got jobs, i got work, i got kids. For 40 years, I sat right in the same place where I had always been. Nothing had changed until I changed my perspective. Until I humbled myself enough to entertain the possibility that I might be wrong. Only then was I in a mode where I could receive and change. Did that make sense? The building hadn't changed. The gospel hadn't changed. The world hadn't changed. The only thing that changed was my mind and my willingness to follow. For years and years and years, I was convinced of my rightness. I had thought it out logically. You're saying that 2,000 years, a man lived on the other side of the world, and he died, and now he loves me. That doesn't make sense. And I wouldn't hear it. My arrogance wouldn't allow me to humble myself. Did that make sense? How often do we believe we're right and we wait for everybody else to change? That's why Jesus says, blessed are the humble. Because they're the only ones who will be able to change or willing to change their perspective. John chapter 7. Verse 37. He goes to the Feast of the Booths. That's a, back in the day they had, they didn't have weekends. They didn't have a work week like we do. <clears throat> so instead of having weekdays and weekends, they would have feast days where you, got, where you didn't have to work. You didn't have to till the soil. So it's the last day of the feast. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus speaks over and over about living water. I saw my father fast not once but twice for 40 days. You can go a long time without food, but you can't go very long without water. Water is essential to your life. You must have it 
every single day. So when he's talking about living water, in my mind, I believe he's talking about that which you need to survive and be happy. He who hears my voice and listens to me will be a spring of living water. Those of us that are able to connect with the Holy Spirit and act in accordance to his will will have everything we need, regardless of our outside circumstances. And those of us who do not, there is not enough money in the world, there's not enough tea in China to ever make you happy enough. Those of us who hear his word will have a wellspring of living water. So you can work three jobs. You can have three teenage girls in your, in your house making noise in a mess. And it does not phase you because you have a wellspring of living water. Did that track? We were brought up in a glorious country to think that our approval, that our happiness rests on things out there. Our house with our white picket fence, our 2.5 children, our job. This is how we get happiness. This is how we find fulfillment. This is where we get the things that we need. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. Your perspective is all off. If happiness came from out there, then every famous person would be just clicking their heels. The happiness comes from in here. Money is not the root of all evil. Your focus on it, maybe. But the money is just inconsequential. It's your perspective and how you look at it. So for years and years and years and years, I refused, I hardened my heart, and I lived in a world that was cold and dark and jaded. Everywhere I go, I was looking at people assuming the worst in them. That was my perspective. That was my frame of reference because that's what I had in my heart. As soon as I shifted what was in my heart, it enables me to see the world differently. So I go into work and where before I would be focused on all of the bad things I had to do, the emails, the papers I got to grade, all of those things that in my mind were bad, negative things. If you're the kind of person that looks at those things, when you go into work, it will be awful. But if you can shift your perspective and look at all of the good things, I have an opportunity to talk about something that I love every day. I love history and I love talking about it. I love working with children and helping them in their lives. And I miss all of it because I go in there and think, oh my God, another email. Do you see? I'm throwing the whole thing out. Instead of looking at my job as a wonderful opportunity to do a great thing and get paid for it. I go in and look at it at all of the things that are wrong. And then the teachers get together and grumble, 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 grumble. And then the students get together and grumble, 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 grumble. You ever been to a job where they grumble, grumble, grumble? I bet you have. Shift your perspective. You're free. You've always been free. For 40 years, I was free. But I woke up every morning and created this world in my mind that was filled with warfare and poverty. 
I shift, I change. And the water springs forth. The Holy Spirit guides us through life and will help us to see the world as it really is, as it always has been. I hear people talk about how divided America's never been more divided than it than it is now. I would refer you to the year 1860. We live glorious lives. And you can say, well, what about the people in the Ukraine? Even there, even in places where there's strife, the Holy Spirit flows. It has to. That's what it does. A tree can't say, I'm going to give my shade to these good people, but to the bad people, I won't. The rose can't give its fragrance to one person and keep it from another. It flows. That's what it is. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what God is. He's love. And he flows out across the planet. And he always has done. To those of us who will look and see. We got it all backwards. We've been looking, trying to spread our word, our way of thinking on people. Stop. Stop it. Stop doing that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, what about all these people? Who cares about them? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and they'll come and ask you. And if they don't, you don't have anything to tell them anyways. Wisdom is vindicated by her children. Live your life according to the way the Holy Spirit would have it, and it will be pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. Glorious, glorious, glorious. Go to Trader Joe's and change the trash can, smiling like an idiot. Because out there does not determine my happiness and peace. Here, here. John chapter 6, verse 66. Jesus is saying, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I feel like the Lord is telling me to forgive somebody I don't want to forgive. Sometimes I feel like he's telling me to do something I don't want to do. It's hard. So Jesus is talking to all of his followers. And they say, this is hard stuff, Lord. And some of them leave. And he turns to the last of his disciples and he says, will you go too? As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. If there were a thousand people in here, if there were five people, if this place didn't exist, where would I go? He got it right. He got it right, right there. The other people couldn't hear it because they had their fixed perspective. This is wrong. I can't do this. This is too hard. You ask too much. And they leave. You too, Peter? Et tu, Brute? Lord, where are we going to go? You're the only one with the goods. You're the only one with the real stuff. For 40 years I tried to find it. And money and people and circumstances travel around the world. If you're unhappy in L.A., travel to Rome, the most beautiful city in the world, and you'll be just as miserable there. 
If you wake up in L.A. and complain about traffic, you'll go to Rome and complain about how the subways smell. Because that's how you look at the world. But you yourself hold the key. Him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hear what, Lord? Instructions on how to tell everybody how they should think like me? No, Gabe. Ears to hear how you could be happy at Trader Joe's. How you can be blessed and fulfilled. Alone but not lonely. Filled up. Radiating. Vibrating with it. You ever have somebody come into your room who you can tell is angry? Who you can tell is stressed out? It flows off of them. Somebody who comes in peace, it radiates forth. That's the man I want to be. That's the guy I want. And I don't get it through my bank account. I don't get it through my wife. I don't get it through my kids. I get it through day to day. I pray, seek him. And I'm getting better every day, Stephen. It's awesome. You should see it, man. Where would I go, Lord? This job is terrible. I hate it. The next job I get, that's when I'm going to be happy. That doesn't mean that you need to wallow in your filth and self-loathing. If your job is truly difficult, be happy in it while you search for a new job. You don't have to stay complacent. If someone slaps you on your cheek, you don't have to just let them beat you up. But don't focus on how dare they. You take away their power. You see? They've tried to impose their will on you, but they can't. You can't make a slave out of a free man. Jesus says, I'm going to send you a helper. Cool, so that we can tell everybody about your, about your name. No, I'm going to send you a helper. And he's going to lead you into the truth. And that truth is going to set you free. Do you see? He didn't say, I'm going to send you into a helper and he's going to set you free. The helper is going to lead you into the truth. And that truth will set you free. The helper tells me, Gabe, you've got to let it go. That person you've been bothered about, you got to let it go. But I don't want to. I'm so right. Can't he see that I'm so right? Let it go, Gabriel. And then I let it go. And I'm free. Gratitude. Once you shift your perspective, you see all of the things. You know how many times I've been annoyed at Jude for not cleaning a room? You do know because I say it up here almost every week. Do you know how lucky I am to have children like I do? They're the best. Oh my gosh, they're so good. They're loving, they're kind, they're funny. They're terrible at cleaning up their room. That's three for four, though. I could miss all of the wonderful things that my children bring me if I just focus on my son's grades. They're getting bombed on today, but that's okay. This is the kind of church you can't defend yourself. I could go into my job filled with peace and glory. Or I could go in miserable. The place does not dictate. My perspective and my heart dictate. 
I've said this before. I'm going to say it again because I love this story. My mother's friend Joey came in one time, and she was battling cancer. And I was bagging groceries and feeling sorry for myself. I was throwing the world's biggest pity party, and everyone was invited, but of course they didn't show up. And I was bagging my groceries. I can't believe i got to do this. People, Here comes Joey. In the midst of fighting for her life with cancer. And I stop. Oh, hey, guys. So good to, so good to see you. How are you doing? Great. Excuse me? Great. Do you see? She had shifted her perspective. And she was free. I was the one in chains. You understand? You don't take a lamp and hide it under the table. You put it up and it illuminates the whole room. It's true. It's been true. It's always been true. We've got caught up on labels. We got caught up in wrongheadedness and arguments about semantics. It's been true since Jump Street. It's been true. And when I listen to him, he doesn't say, you've been wrong for 40 years, Gabe. Let it go. Forgive yourself. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. Look at your life. Look at your job. Look at your relationships. If they're fraught with disaster and discord, brothers and sisters, you may not want to hear this, but the problem ain't them. You think Jesus would come into my job and be like, yeah, you're right, dude, they're really difficult. I can see why you wrote that email, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whew, yeah, whew, yeah, I just try to avoid them. I can't do it either. You understand? We want to let ourselves off the hook. Because if the problem's out there, then you can stay right where you're at. Chained up. Walking around, looking at the world. I had a meeting with somebody, and they said, but Gabe, how do you know it's true? I don't know, it's like being in love. You know it. When somebody is speaking truth to you, you know it. When the Lord is revealing what you should do, you know it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the more you know it. It just opens up. It opens up. Not all the time. Sometimes I'm still very grumpy. But man... I was driving to work the other day. And it was like the whole world got lighter. The peace of mind, the joy that I felt. Imagine somebody said that you're going to be executed tomorrow. And then that night you get a call and says they called it off. You're free. Imagine the joy that would fill your heart. You're already free. You've just forgotten. You wake up and you turn on the news. Oh, yeah, that sucks. You open up your phone, you get the email. Oh, why do they do this? 
the glorious world, and we look right at the one tiny thing. Remember to be thankful of all of the things the Lord has given you and focus on that. Close with this. Psalm. The last chapter. 118. This is the chapter where he says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. He also tells us to talk some stuff about binding the, the sacrificial lamb and taking it to the horns, but so we'll skip that part. We'll read it if you want. I don't care. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let Israel say, his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let the house of Aaron say, his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let those who fear the Lord say, his loving kindness is everlasting. From my distress, I called upon the Lord, and the Lord answered me. Then he set me in a large place. Let Gabriel Fraser say, his loving kindness is everlasting. You've got nothing to lose but your chains. If you'd like to hold on to them, like that guy driving the car honking his horn at the people, knock yourselves out. I'm no better than that man. But I, but I drive through traffic with a peace. You should see me. I drove through, one time I drove in In-N-Out, I'm not proud to say this, with my children, and the line was so long and somebody cut me off, this was years ago, and I punched the roof like a child. I couldn't, like the audacity, and I was like this long line. You understand? How many people lay on the horn? The light turns green and somebody doesn't immediately go, my trials and tribulations. Job has nothing on me. He only lost his children. I've had to wait a short amount of time at a traffic light in an air-conditioned box where I listen to music that I like. Can you imagine anything more difficult You got it all wrong. You live a life of glorious luxury and you deserve it. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to say, look at it and love it. Listen to history podcasts. Oh, dude, the Babylonians did what? Who knows where we're going? Doesn't matter. I'm here for the ride. You're focused on where you're going. The journey ends when you realize that there is no end. And you're where you want to be. And it's glorious, Todd. Two hours later, I may, I may forget and, re, and just go home and be like, I can't believe those girls didn't clean their room. But it's always there. It's at hand. It's always ready. As soon as I stop focusing on the little things, the rock in my shoes, the splinter. I lied. I'm closing with this, but this is for reals. There was this parable of a man, and he got a thorn in his arm. And it was, he couldn't get, he, he was afraid to touch it because it hurt when he touched it. So he wouldn't get close to anybody because if they, if they got too close, they would hit the thorn. And so he thought to himself, how could, I, how could I manage this? And so he built like a, like a cast thing over his arm 
right? So that now he could get close to people and they wouldn't touch the thorn. But the problem was now his arm was locked up so he couldn't drive and do all of the things. So he created a contraption that helped him drive the car and steer everything with only one arm. But then he couldn't go to sleep because he had this big thing on his hand. So he created a new kind of bed so that he could sleep in a way with his arm being stuck out. And he thought to himself, see, the thorn doesn't even bother me anymore. He had changed his whole world to accommodate instead of taking the thorn out. My job bothers me, so I'll get a new job. The traffic bothers me, so I'll move to a new city. See, I figured it all out. Take the thorn out. Open your eyes. And then it doesn't matter where you are. It's all good. Traffic is good. The DMV is good. Blessed time with your children is good. Even my favorite, time alone and the quiet. You understand? I hold the key. You hold the key. Shift your perspective. Open up your eyes. It's right here. And it's awesome. It's the best it's ever been. My daughter has her whole life ahead of her. And she's the one who's grumpy on her way to school. Old man River is smiling from ear to ear. Because I don't look at the 40 years past. I look at the future and think like, I'm like a rocket. I'm going to take off. It just grows. It's the yeast in the dough. It's the mustard seed in the garden. It permeates every aspect of my life. Walking around like Robocop, Connie. They can't touch me. It's glorious. It's wonderful. It's ours. It's our birthright. He gave it to us. And you don't need to do anything. Just listen. This week, be blessed. This week, be blessed. This moment, be blessed. Remember, develop habits and circumstances that recall this to your mind. When you're angry, when you get the email from work, remember. When you're driving through traffic and somebody cuts you off, remember. When you're waiting at line, somebody buys a thousand lottery tickets, remember. When you have a boring teacher who's teaching you history in the most boring way, remember. And step into the kingdom of God and enjoy it. I'm going to close with a word of prayer. And then I'm going to pray over the communion. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this place. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for the world that you've created. Help us to remember. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Give us a heart to understand. Help us follow you into the kingdom of God. Enter your courts with thanksgiving in our hearts and praise you for all of your goodness. Bless us this week and bring us back next week filled with reports of your goodness. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. We're going to do communion. You do not have to take communion if you do not want to. You do not have to be a member if you do want to. We take it to remember, to shift our perspective back to him who loves us, back to him who saved us, 